Hello, welcome to Soul Led, a podcast dedicated to the evolution of your soul and the development of your spiritual gifts. I am Nikki Novo, your spiritual mentor, a fiery Latina, mom of three, and a lover of all things intuitive. You're here because you're meant to be here. So let's do this. Welcome everyone to another episode of Soul Led. We're so excited to be here with a really great topic that you guys have been asking about with probably like the best person to have this conversation with, a new friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. So excited to be here with Ash Johns. Welcome to the show, Ash. Thank you for having me, Nikki. It's great to finally be here. It feels like it's been destined to me. (laughs) Definitely. I've heard your name a lot. And it's just funny that we have these friends in common. And it, it took me leaving Florida for us to sit down. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quickly introduce you guys to Ash. Ash is a certified psycho spiritual life coach, ancestral healer, and conscious business strategist who's spent the last nine years in the intersection of the personal growth, spiritual practice, and tradition reclamation, online business industries, which is like all the things that we love, Ash. So we're so excited. Her work has touched thousands of women, femmes, and women identifying people to heal core ancestral wounds, preventing them from trusting their gut and being the change in the world, even in uncertain times. She is the host of It's Still Happening, a podcast, which you guys all have to listen to, about all the things ancestral healing, personal growth, and conscious business for change makers and visionaries looking to be the change. Yay, Ash. Thank you for your, I, I really enjoyed your podcast. I was, you know, people were telling me that I should know Ash. So I was like, well, let me study all her work. And you're just, just a pro at the the podcast. It's just so authentic. It's um, so valuable. So if you get anything out of today, guys, definitely head over to Still Happening, which we'll have the link in show notes, but let's get started, Ash. So Ash, you do, I mean, you know, in a nutshell, I'm sure there's a lot of things you do, but ancestral healing is what we're going to talk about a lot today and also conscious business, a little bit of that intersection, something that's been coming up for me. But I was wondering if you could tell us like how you even got into the work, like what brought you here in the first place? <sighs> This question always gets me and I'm like, is there any other creative way to answer it in a way that it's new and refreshed, but still authentic? But the answer is always the same. It's my destiny. It's my calling. It's literally who I've always been. I've been spiritually connected and speaking to spirit since I was a child. I've been very sensitive since I was a kid. I've always looked at the energy of things since I was little, you know, being like, don't put that there. I wouldn't like that. And things like that. And I've always been very creative, never really following the path of what anyone would ask me to do, just finding my own way. And coming from a background of a poverty and struggle, business was always really interesting to me. I was like, what would it be like to be in control of my day and my time and my money and to be generous to people and to receive and to do things that I really love instead of having to go to a job, which is what everyone in my family came from. So all of those pieces have been a part of me. And just along the way, I followed the breadcrumbs of my life and it finally started meshing together and integrating where, to be honest with you, I'm contemplating removing all of my titles and just saying, I'm Ash Johns. I do stuff. (laughs) I'm going to write about things. I'm going to talk about things. And you'll get a little bit of all of these areas in which I am an expert. So you said that, Ash, when I was reading your bio, I was like, this is kind of limiting. Like, I feel like Ash is like all things, which is so funny um, that you say that. Like, that was my, my guy. I was like, I mean, this is, this is a beautiful bio, but from listening to you, mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes, and isn't it funny when you first, I don't know if you had this problem, but when you first like start off to go off on your own, 
I remember going through this like struggle of like, what do I call myself? You know, am I a writer? Am I an intuitive? Like, and then you end up having this um, signature, like an email signature with like seven things, you know? (laughs) Did you go through that? Totally. It's the email signature of this, this is which right now I have three of them, right? The ones you just named or, and, or, and I think people actually do both of these. They have a whole long signature of all the titles still doesn't feel right. So then they start making up a title and then people are like, I don't even know what that is. And then they end up being like reducing down to be like, I'm a life coach, but really you're something completely else. But it's like, um, pussy freedom, spiritual <laughs> abandonment, like all these like words that are, and we're like, It just, words just never fully capture the full essence of who we are. And it's just a dance. And we just kind of go through that process. I think it's like why we have a name, you know, like it's like that unique name that exists for you or whatever. One of the practices I like to do, like a game, I usually usually like to play. I have three kids, um, two who are, are, you know, school age and talking to other people. So I always ask them, I'm like, when people ask you what your mom does, what do you say? And that's always like, that's interesting to me because it's, you know, nobody gave them titles. Like nobody's told them what I do. Um, And uh, I always get like life coach or I get um, uh, writes books, which it's like funny because I've only written two, but I'm like, thank you. That's very kind of you. (laughs) Um, What else? Like just like funny helps people like that's, I'm like, I wonder what these teachers are thinking they're the kids do. So, Uh, but I, I can see that coming for you for sure. I can see that um, you stepping into that, um, just like the fullness of like who you are. And sometimes there's just these limitations with all these words and the bios and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, absolutely. To answer the question a little bit, cause like readers, or, I'm sorry, readers, listeners, hey y'all might be like, okay, but still what's your journey? Because, you know, we all are in a human experience and we have these different milestones in our life. So if I were to say, how did I get where I am right now? It was, I don't want to repeat the patterns of my family and the ways that we are struggling, the ways that we are winning. Well, the winning stuff was great. Like I was like, I'll I'll keep doing that, but I've got clear really young on what I thought I wanted or a vision of that as a kid. And then that moved me into working in advertising and branding and being a market research consultant. And I was disenchanted with the industry and felt like my soul was dying. And I was really great at what I was doing, but it wasn't serving me. So I went on the path of remembering my spirituality and my power and my desires, which we all tend to do that somewhere in our 20s, you know? And uh, then that got me into plant medicine and traveling the world and being an initiated medicine woman and picking up on all these different practices that I used to do again as a kid. So there's different things that I would definitely say were very important in my journey, especially moving in Bali, moving to Bali, living in Bali for three years, running a women's retreat that literally melted business, spirituality, healing, personal growth for women in one container. Um, yeah, that's the cliff note version then if someone is curious. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how there's so many media people or like, you know, uh, creatives that kind of move into this work and start to remember. So um, plant medicine, any, like, what was your first experience or was there anything that called your attention when you were thinking about like trying plant medicine? Like what was, people love to hear this. Oh man. So I, um, I'm from the hood and from the suburbs. So I, and I went to school in rural areas. So I pretty much 
have a good taste of America and, you know, just different ways of living. And I bring that up to say everywhere you go, it seems like the entry drug or plant medicine is always smoking marijuana. Like, and that's before it was legal. That's before everyone's like cannabis, this and THC, this and shops and cards and all the cool things. Like it was still taboo. And it was an interesting process because I was doing it recreationally at first and thought I would never drink alcohol because I love the relationship and how it made me feel until I was like, wait, I'm hearing more. I'm seeing more. I remember this again as a kid where I would speak to different spirits all the time. There's no filter when I am using this particular medicine, which of course I wasn't saying medicine at the time. And I was like, I don't like this because I didn't have any type of training or any type of understanding of how to use my gifts. So I would say marijuana smoking weed was my first plant medicine experience. And I did end up coming across a teacher who was like, stop using this recreationally and no judgment to anyone who does. I do not. I haven't for many years now. I don't use it at all actually right now. Um, but they helped me use it and harness it and be in relationship with it in a way that I was no longer afraid of its power and how it was helping me heal and how it was helping me reclaim my gifts, my natural gifts. And then from there, it went into ayahuasca and mushroom trips and um, different ceremonies around those plants. And then right now, plant medicine looks like what I'm literally ingesting in my body as nourishment. Like I'm talking to the tomatoes. I'm connecting with the grapes. I'm like, hey, spinach. (laughs) Everything has a spirit and an energy, however you take the plants in. So. No, that's so beautiful. Yeah, that was one of the reasons for us to move. Um, I was just being called by the flowers more than anything. And you know, what's so crazy. So we bought our land when it was uh, winter. So there was like nothing growing. And then we bought it and we like were in Miami for like three months and we hadn't visit the land. We'd go visit. And during those three months, I was like, the flowers, like they're calling me. So I started reading up on all these flowers and the, you know, the the herbs and like all this stuff. I mean, nothing I had never known, like I'm I'm Cuban. So it's like, we don't, like, there's no vegetables in our diet. (laughs) There's no like, you know, like we didn't, we like grew bananas and like um, some like, you know, some root stuff, but there's not too much of a connection to the land, especially since we left our lands. But anyways, I go in springtime and all of a sudden I show up there and the the grass is all overgrown and it's like all the flowers that I had been studying. They had been calling me. Um, and it's just, you know, it's so simple. And, and our neighbor grows like all their, their, um, all their veggies and they share it with us. And it's like, that itself is plant medicine, you know, in many ways, like we don't realize it, but, um, that was just definitely one of the the things. So I love that. Absolutely. We were just chatting before we actually got into this around my call to actually come into, you know, the space that y'all are in. I've been looking at, the Carolinas for a while, I've got ancestry and roots and connection to the lands there. And it's not even about to your point, these other ways of ingesting or being in relationship with the plants. It's like the, the moss, like, I'm like, I want that like deep soil and those kind of trees. I just say those kind of trees. Cause I'm not a tree person. I'm not gonna be like the maple and the pines. And I'm just like the trees, the ones that are foresty, they are speaking to me. I want that depth and that being lost in the woods feeling. And I know when I get there, there's something that will be shared with me. Right. So yeah, that's, I can't wait to have you on land for sure. So I'm curious, like when you started uh, getting into, you know, into ancestral work, you thought like, I just, you know, I don't want to repeat like what, you know, what has been done in my lineage. Did you ever think about like traditional, becoming a traditional therapist? Um, And can you also explain 
like what the difference is. Like if I'm going to a therapist and I'm working through my root system versus, um, cause I remember you talked a little bit this, about this on one of your episodes. And like, this was my question. Like I wanted to know like your thoughts. So two, two questions. I love that, these questions. I heard it as once. You might have to bring me back on track. <laughs> Yes, actually I heard you. Okay. So yes, I did think about becoming a traditional therapist and I still think about it sometimes, not even to be a practicing traditional licensed therapist, but more so just in ways that it could supplement the work that I do. That's literally it. I think about it as like a supplement. <laughs> I would never, I don't know. And I guess I could spin out into a nice little conversation around that, but there's so much constriction and um, control over the industry when you're a therapist, which is really beautiful so that people can be safe, but it also creates constriction and a container where healing sometimes is not happening. Right. And, you know, people talk about that within the context of decolonizing therapy. And there's many different ways of healing and coming back into the mind and the spirit that sometimes these Freudian and, and Jungin or however you say his name, because I've never said it right ever, <laughs> but all these different original old guys, you know, and I would even say old white guys, they didn't, they weren't necessarily connected to the spirit of their ancestors and other alternative ways of just being spirited to heal. So, you know, we can have that conversation one day, which is very, very juicy to me, but every single time I've thought about becoming a therapist, I just feel two things, tightness and constriction, and then also approving energy, like as if the work that I'm doing with the ancestors and in family healing and generational pattern breaking isn't good enough or it's not valid enough without that work. And so for that reason, I just am like, nah, and they're like, okay, you know, my spokes like, that's okay. Now I will say I made a promise to my grandmother because we do have a lineage of uh, manic depression and suicide ideation and suicide attempts and different things around mental instability, emotional instability, which is the reason why, one of the main reasons why I honor that I was called to do ancestral healing work. I made a promise to my grandmother, even before she transitioned, that I would become a licensed therapist. So it's something that I think I will do again as supplemental as um, just continual study and let it fold into what I'm doing. I'll never be a practicing license holding person. But to your point, um, the difference between the two is the way that I do. And I, from what I know about your work, I totally know you're going to get this. And I'm so excited to see how the audience and the community responds to this. But there is a limitation sometimes to traditional therapy. Like we're working with the synapses and the ideation or the understanding of the mind and the brain as it is. And we have consciousness beyond just this brain and ancestors. They're still alive in the dead space in the other realm, right? It's not that they, again, other people have different religious beliefs, but what I know spiritually and what I've experienced is that they're not off in heaven. They're not off in hell. They're not off, like just disappeared off of universal consciousness. They are still around. You know, some of them do go to elevated places and have things to do or are waiting for reincarnation and so on and so forth. But consciousness continues. And we see that within the context of science too. They're looking at, they're building all these AIs. They're looking at how we're reading, how we're talking, how we're working, because they want to take the energy of consciousness and be able to create other humans in the future. But before we go all the way in that conversation, I'll bring it back here. And that is that spirits of the ancestors are not coming to therapy. They can't be therapized and regular talk therapy, right? They're holding the energetic vibration of what they experience. So the work that I do and that you do, it's about bringing in spiritual therapy. We've got to sit down with those who are unseen, look at their energy state. What are they still holding? And what are they still believing? That's keeping that energetic vibration alive in the world 
and our own bodies and our own psyche. So I always think of this as, as approaching it by burning two ends of a candle. And usually that's a terrible analogy of like you're being burnt out, you're working too much. But truly our embodiment, our therapizing, if you want to say that, our personal development, our somatic healing, all of those things that people are doing to realize going to regular therapy to realize those ancestral patterns is important. Constellation work, all of those things are great, which technically starts to cross into the spirit realm. But then we want to come in and actually come into counsel with the spirits and ritual and ceremony space so they can do their work on the other end. And when you do the two of them, it actually has more capacity and more energy and more resourcing supporting us and for movement, letting go of those limiting beliefs, patterns, ways of surviving that it's keeping us stuck, keeping us in the same looping pattern. So I hope that answered the question. Yeah. So the idea is like, you can bring a client now, maybe who's like struggling, you know, whatever they're struggling with, and you can get into ceremony with their lineage and um, almost like the lineage carries kind of almost like a curse sometimes or uh, s- something that whatever the person who's alive currently is stuck with may come from something deeper in the lineage that like, because they've crossed over, they could use the support to also heal it. Is that kind of? Yeah, that's part of it. So let, there's two points I want to make here. A lot of people think of curse, uh, especially within the context of like witchery and spells and like someone has cast something upon you and it must be lifted up. My def- I run across that very rarely actually in my work. And not that that work is not real because it is. People will cast spells, they'll say things, a, a hex or whatever you have you. Those things are true. But more times than not, the curse in the family is the same energy being passed on over and over and over again that manifests into thoughts and actions and behaviors that are then create new symptoms. So people will come to me and say, I've been depressed or I keep having issues with self-worth and I doubt myself and I sabotage my relationships or I make a bunch of money and I lose it immediately or I don't even think I can make money or like whatever the symptom is that they see as a pattern. I'm like, cool. That's the way it's manifesting in your life. And it's probably manifesting in other ways, but let's come down to the original core wound. There's a core wound inside of you from your lived experience, which is essentially the manifestation of the core wound from the ancestors. So we go into ceremony to work with the ancestors and we allow them to identify when it first happened and why are we still holding on to it? And how does that make you feel? And What's the situation around it and so on and so on and so on and so forth. And they go through the process of releasing and healing and then extending blessings. So that's literally the process. If anyone's curious to stand in and jump in and try to do this stuff on your own, that's really what's going on is yeah. Tracking what's happening in your own life and going back. And sometimes we're thinking of the symptom in our own life and tracking it back. Sometimes the ancestors come to you and they're like, it's actually not even about that. It's actually this other thing. And this is the reason why we've been this way, you know? So it's not always a curse and that someone has cursed you. It's a curse if you're continually to doing something that you know is not serving you, that is limiting you, that's keeping you in a way in the world that isn't even what you truly want to see yourself. It's not how you want to see people in the world. Like we all have these, I, it cracks me up. Okay. I'm going a little bit of tangent here, Nikki. So pull me. We're all tangent. But, you know, we see these things on Instagram. And we're like, yeah, we're liking it. We're commenting on it. And then I'm like, but didn't you just turn around and just do that? (laughs) Didn't you just do that? Or you're saying this in this context, but if you put it in the context of whiteness or blackness or mix and race and socioeconomics, then it doesn't count. 
And I'm like, so what are we really talking about here, people? Do we want to heal? Do we want race to no longer be a construct? Do we want people to stop suffering and not having money and resources and reprieve? Like, what do we really want? Because it's going to require us and our ancestors to let go and open up and not let go as in turn a blind eye, but go into it and deal with it at the core, at the core situation. Yeah, I see it. Like, I love that. And and I think, you know, just as a collective, we're all being asked to go like really deep into that because we're in this situation where we're all, you know, being asked to to heal, move forward. And we can't, we can't do that without going back, without looking back. And so do you believe, Ash, like um, when you're doing that work, do you feel like you're also healing the ancestor? They actually are. Yeah, but we're not doing it. They're doing it. So um, what this looks like is I often see in my work where people are like, I am healing the generational wound. I am the person breaking it. And they're thinking only about themselves as the individual in their own life. They're not working with the ancestors being healed at all. They're not even asking for ancestral help because that's true. You know, you can ask for help and they'll come forward and tell you what to do, even though their energy state, the actual ancestor hasn't shifted. There's that. But then two, it's not us efforting for the ancestors to shift. We have the guides that do that and they have to comply and they work out what they need to do in order to do that work. Um, Because every spirit, including us, have will. We have free power. We have free will, right? And so for us to go in and just be like, hey, that trauma around this that you did to survive when you were crossing this or going here when you were ripped away from your lands or been connected to the lands, that's an actual real wound that basically everybody's ancestor has in some way, shape, or form. Um, they'll have to deal with that together on their, with you, but you're the person essentially that is initiating the catalyst, the person requesting it, the person saying why it's important, because sometimes they're like, no one's called on us. No one's even asked us how we're doing. My name has been forgotten. I'm not talking about one, two, and three generations. I'm talking about sometimes 25, 300 to the beginning of time. I've seen clients go all the way there and then come all the way back. Right. So sometimes they're like, well, no one's even talked to me for a while or cared about my state. So yeah, I'm a little pissed off, you know, like, what do you, I don't want to let go of whatever's going on with me. And then they have to kind of work through that. And that's what the ceremony and the ritual is for. Beautiful. And then do you have to know they're like me as a human, do I have to um, know the genealogy? Like, do I need to be able to know? Okay. No, not at all. In fact, um, it's helpful sometimes, you know, but sometimes people come, it depends on what's going on with your brain and your energy. And here's what I mean by that. If you know that you're a facts and figures person, but you know, you need to do some spiritual work and you're like, I'm kind of spiritual, but make it make sense for me. You probably want to throw all of your genealogy and archives and in 1873. And this is what happened. Like, don't care throw. I don't care about the stories. I don't want to hear any of that because you're kind of holding it so fixated in the energy field that it's preventing us from actually opening up for the healing to happen. Um, and then sometimes people are like, I know nothing at all. And then all of this information floods in. And when it happens spiritually, it always mirrors physically. So I've had some folks who were like, I was completely overwhelmed. Um, I didn't even want to do ancestry.com or do any genealogy trees. I just feel like it'll be too triggering or I did a little bit and I lost clues and everything was lost in the fire or in the passage or whatever it might be. As soon as they start doing the work with the ancestors, they're getting messages from ancestry.com, cousins of distance cousins and this and that and bling bling. And they're just like, oh, thanks. Healing is happening. And 
I want you to know my name, like connect this dot. Here's a random song that actually comes from our homelands. I heard it in my sleep or in my dream. And I went to put the little tune in and I found this thing, like really beautiful things happen that connect that tangible archive, like information and facts after working in the spirit realm. But no, people don't have to know. I've had people who are estranged, adopted, you know, um, orphaned, were, um, raised by someone who they didn't know if they were their family or not, you know, all those things are, but nothing, as you know, is lost in spirit. Exactly. Which yeah. is, oh, I love that. That's so beautiful. So that, that's good to know. Cause I think, um, for example, like a lot of the girls that are in soul Academy, all the women that we work with, um, you know, part of this remembering your, yourself, your spirituality, remembering this, uh, you know, these gifts that you have, many times that's passed down in the lineage, but because it like hasn't been spoken about, um, that's usually like a piece of the puzzle. Like sometimes they want to know, like, where does this come from? Myself included. Um, and, you know, you're not going to get that from your mom or your grandmother, let's say, because they don't want to talk about that. So how do we find the witch in the lineage? <laughs> you know, kind of, um, a lot of the times we can do these ceremonies basically to be able to, to bring that up perhaps. Yeah, totally. I've seen that happen. Um, <laughs> here's my question. And I'm, since you're bringing it up, let's just, let's just do it. What's the importance of knowing where it came from? If, if you're doing ancestral work and it's starting to come through and you see the potency of the gift starting to come through you, it's just assumed that it's coming from the lineage. So what's the significance of knowing where or who exactly it comes from? Yeah. Okay. So for me, I would say it's just curiosity. It's not, it's not nothing that I think about, but I do see some of the women in the group. And I would say that there is, um, you know, probably like a desire to prove myself, to be accepted, to not feel like I'm the black sheep, um, uh, you know, to, you know, wouldn't it be nice to tell like your mom, like, listen, I'm not the only one. Remember like great, great, whatever, whatever. Like she was the, this and this, and uh, kind of just trying to find their place in in the family when they feel like a black sheep. Yeah, exactly. So we're looking for validation, which means we haven't had self-acceptance because what if you are the only one, right? What if, like, what if you decided to come into this lineage, you cross from a different lineage, you were like, okay, hey, we're done here. We've done our circles. We've been around enough times. You've decided to come or you were asked to come into this lineage specifically for this reason, right? Like, what if that's the case? Most times it's not, but what if? How beautiful would that be that you get to bring into this lineage something that maybe they lost or it was forgotten or it never had been because they came from a different place in time, you know? So I get it where, you know, it's fun to just be curious, like who else did this thing? But it's also wonderful to say, this is exactly my role. Like if you're called to ancestral healing, if you're called to being a, a bruja, if you're called to being witchy, if you're called to have the gift of speaking and spoken word or dream state or whatever it is that your spiritual gift is, and you feel like you're the only one, it's for you to accept and really harness and be proud of it. And that doesn't mean that everyone in your family is going to be like, oh, we're so glad that we have a spiritual person. Like, thank you. It takes them a minute because look is what's happened historically. We've been burned. We've been lied to. We've had these traditions ripped away from us. We've had enslavement. Like so many things have happened to disconnect us from spirituality. It's such a privilege to be reclaiming it. It's such a beautiful blessing to be claiming it and to hold it, even if you're the only person, quote unquote, 
to hold it. That's a really important role because I'll give my own life example. I was told in every reading, every elder, every spiritual person I have been with, teacher, mentor, have always been like, yes, you come from a lineage of a lot of women who have done this and a lot of people really, but emphasis on women who have been the healers and the way showers and the spiritual witch women, right? Um, but all of them have hid it for so long. They all were hiding it. So this is important for you to show up and be very visible in it because it's going to awaken it in the women who are in the family. And do you know? And they were like, don't give up. Don't think that you are the only one. Slowly, 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 they'll have little things start to happen. And now it's starting to happen. Like my own mother is starting to reclaim dream gifts. And she'll be like, so... I just want to mention a little thing and then she, she'll say a little thing and then she'll like close it down really quick. And I'm like, oh, what? do you need some help interpreting it? Or I'll be like, mom, interpret it and then let me know what you think. We literally just did this yesterday so I can use it as a good example. But um, I think in our desire to conform, we're abandoning our call to stand out and hold the stake, like hold our spot because it's so healing, not only for us, but in the whole lineage and in the world. We can be science and spirit. We need spirit. We had all this time for science. We've had all this time for love and light. And now it's time for the depth. Now it's time for the spirit. Like, and we can integrate the two. Hmm. I work with a lot of black sheep. <laughs> I'm a black sheep. And I want to inspire us to reclaim that and see it as a badge of honor. And beauty. I had this um, beautiful experience. I, I don't talk about it too much, but it with plant medicine because uh, I was by myself and I wasn't expecting this at all. And I kind of had to like, I was in ceremony with a lot of people, but I had to run my own ceremony because it wasn't really safe where I was. <laughs> so I just you know ran my own ceremony, and it was all about the ancestors. And I was not expect. I didn't know why I needed to be there. I just knew I needed to be there. And um, my ancestors brought me back to like you know, this just, it was a crazy journey, but, um, the point of the journey was, um, basically that, like that there was a timing to me, you know, and to be able to like, there wasn't really much else in the lineage, you know, like it was almost like the gifts rolled up enough, like fast enough, where then there was the birth of this like creature myself, but it's not like there was too many of me. It was more just like evolution. Mm -hmm. and like destiny basically like came here and it was really this it was really just a ceremony to like set myself in the lineage which was really beautiful like to accept my place um in this in this space and it's interesting yeah i i didn't i wasn't able to do it without the plant medicine Okay. So for those y'all are listening to us, but if you see us on video, like I'm leaned forward, I have one arm up in my chair. I'm like, oh yeah, I feel you. That's so exciting because even though we're talking about ancestors and there's such a fixation and reclamation and remembering and excitement and just energy around ancestors, we do have other spirit guides, you know, this, right. But just speaking to everyone, we've got all type of keepers and middle world people and angels and deities and ascendant masters who we work with and elemental spirits and little people and all these things, right? And <laughs> some of us, yes, we have a resonance and have been around some of our families, you know, for a couple of times. Some of us have come into our lineages for the first time, but all of us have a soul that belonged to source. And I know that before I came into this family, I'm a star seed from Andromeda, you know? And before that I come from God and some other people from a different other place, you know? And so 
hearing you say that just gets me really excited of you choosing and saying yes to this opportunity to come into this family as a soul. And then your agreements and whatever it might be, I call them ancestral agreements of why you've come in and what you're here to do is like mad though. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love that too. And I, I often think about like, you have to go back and forth from like, kind of remembering you're a soul, a child of God, and then also kind of also thinking about the human lineage work that needs to, you know, to, to be done. So Ash, do you find that people, um, that souls come back to the same lineage? Like you've used, is that like a common thing? Like if I came back into the same lineage? Um, I believe it's both. It really depends on what your ancestral agreements are and your soul agreements. Um, from an African perspective, yes, you travel in the same family and lineage forever, whatever number of times until you're done and you choose differently. Um, I've seen it not just in African descended people, though. I've seen it in everybody else. So my answer is yes, until your soul is done and you choose to do to do differently. Yeah. Same. But I want to point out... Let me, let me see if I get my space here. Oh yeah. Thanks for reminding me. So the plant medicine, my very first ayahuasca experience, my ancestors came through on my mother's mother's time so strongly, so, so, so strongly. And, um, oh, they talked about, I don't even know the name of the exact dolls, but I'll give you the visual and I'm sure you probably know the name of them, but you know, those Russian dolls that stack into each other. Mm-hmm. What are the- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I use what it as a name for all the time. I've seen them in like Asian dolls, but I know exactly. What yeah, you're yeah, that too. But basically, yeah, that's it. That's how they came. But it was funny because the, uh, remember in the eighties and like, if you ever watch PBS or they had that, like, like that kind of like, what was that song? Like, you know, that computer sound and it would be like neon and it would be like the shape of the same shape. So they did that. That's how they showed themselves to me, like coming to me in these with the sound and these colors around them. And they spoke to me explicitly about what they needed for me to do in my role as the face of the lineage and how that was going to help them and how they were going to support me. And for y'all who are obviously not visually seeing us, my hand is like moving back and forth because that motion is the relationship we're reclaiming and rekindling with ancestors. We were in communication with them. Our healing is not supposed to be an isolation or an individual experience. And most times when we say that, or we understand that we're saying, oh, let's come into community. Let's be in a retreat. Let me have someone hold space for me in this physical realm. But healing and growth was not an isolation from a spiritual perspective. And we see that in all of the old ways, you would go to the medicine woman, you would go to the seer, you would go to the council. You would, even in the book of the Bible, he was like, hey, let's go see the Pharisees and the, you know, so on and so forth. So there was all of this tuning into the ancestors in the spirit world to help what was happening here, but also our energy helps them so that they're preparing to come back again. And to think about this in the context of conflict in the world, I have a theory and it's not just my theory. It's also what I've witnessed that this is the reason why we have so much conflict. One, there's all of this belief that resources are limited. So that is an issue, straight up scarcity. But two, people's folks are like, listen, we want to take care of ourselves. When we come back, there's stuff for us to live well, right? And there's this this, this chokehold around keep it in the bloodline. That is very much, it's not just a matriarch or not matriarch, monarchy thing of the royalty. That's a real thing amongst a lot of people's ancestors of like, when we come back, provisions need to be there. So... And we think about that in our living state when we say generational wealth, and I want to pass this on to my kids. 
we're only thinking of like, oh, that'll, at least most of us, some people are not, right? If you don't come from poverty background, some people are thinking, well, you know, 12 generations from now, they're going to still be great. Most of us are like, you know, my kids and my kids' kids is kind of what we're thinking, but there's, that's not really the case in a lot of people's um, life and experience, especially with ancestors. Yeah. Do you think it's bad or good to come from that place of thinking? Um... Mm. I'm not going to label anything bad or good because I believe in duality and duplicity and polarity working together. So I'm not going to victimize or demonize or demonize anyone. Yeah. What I think of is both. And I care about my lineage and those who are coming after me and my legacy, whether they're blood or not, because who I am and whoever I touch, you're part of my legacy. If I've inspired you or helped you, you're part of my legacy, right? So it's not just blood lineage for me. But I'm also thinking about people who are not related to me. I like both. I think that's the most expansive way of actually caring about our neighbors and people that we don't even know and ourselves. And let's be honest, we're still human. So I'm going to put myself and my family first, but very close to, I challenge myself to say, how can I hold the two of these? Even though I don't know you, can I treat you as someone that is a member of my family? If I know that our energy exchange could be creating a more harmonious and loving world, if that gets us closer to God and living out our destinies on this planet and this human experience, if you and I being in community right now actually shifts the vibration of this world so that our legacies, we look back and we're like, man, the world is different. We're not thinking about humans of being this way. Humans have evolved to this. I think our survival strategies and techniques and mechanisms that are limiting to us We've evolved into that. I think we were completely fine with dying and death, even if it was quote unquote prematurely, because we knew we were coming back. Right. The beginning of this particular part of the conversation. Gosh, just like, so, <laughs> I'm just like listening to you and there's just so many things going on in my head. There's like so many things to, to think about. It's such a, you know, it's, it's important for our brains to go there though, to think about all these things. So, um, so good news is that we don't have to do all our healing in a lifetime because we're hoping that maybe an ancestor can help us out. Like <laughs> once we're on the other side is kind of a little bit um, of, of what we're seeing. And then the, another question. So in my work, we do a lot of spirit guide work and you know we're, we're basically waking up intuition. So we're trying to help them call in support um, during that process. And, uh, I usually give like the, the choice. I'm like, okay, you can do like a spirit guide. You can do an ancestor. You can do a past loved one. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, your higher self because people have different beliefs and all that around that. And there's some people who are very connected to their ancestors, but, um, I learned to like work with ancestors in good health. Um, do you, can, can some people sometimes like work with an ancestor that maybe is like not in their best interest or, um, or I don't know, do you see like a difference between like working, you know, cause some people put all their, mm-hmm. hope and, uh, I don't know, dreams in an ancestor when like we forget that the ancestor is actually working through stuff as well. Like yeah. that we don't know how ascended they are, I guess. Is exactly. Yep. You nailed it. That's, that's true. Yeah. So I, I try, I like tread ancestral work, like when people want to work with an ancestor as a guide, I tread that very lightly. I try to explain that like, we don't know if you're more ascended than your grandmother, you know, even just because your grandmother has passed. Um, But I think in a lot of our cultures, like the Hispanic cultures, the African cultures, all this stuff, like we just honor our elders so much that we just like assume that. um, So I don't know, is there, 
Do you have any caution around that? Like, do you feel like if you're going to work with an ancestor, work on the healing first, and then maybe you can bring them into like guidance or is it okay to take guidance from your ancestors? Well, I mean, I do ancestral healing, so of course I think it's good to work with ancestors, but you have a couple fantastic points here, which I'd love to talk about. But before we get all the way in it, I'm curious of how you defined a benevolent or helpful or, you know, what was the exact language you said when people do work? Uh, like ancestors in good health. Basically. Good health, right. In good health. So how do you define them being in good health or not? I don't know. To me, I mean, unfortunately, it's not a science. It's just um, an ancestor that knows its limitations. Like, and I think it's more important about the like living being um, that understands that the ancestor has a limitation. I don't think that an ancestor is like ever trying to be bad, but they have limitations as to like the kind of support they can offer you. Um, and if you're thinking that like they are the end all be all, like that they're up there with God, you might be like a little disappointed or disoriented by the ancestors. So I'm not really afraid of them doing any bad. I'm just afraid of the living person being disappointed by the, or not understanding the limitation of an ancestor that maybe hasn't received their full healing yet. Mm, okay. So yeah, ancestor reverence, which to me is different than ancestral healing. You can reverence, you can honor, you can pray towards, well, not pray towards, but like petition request. You can say, I appreciate you living your life. Like all those things to me fall into reverence, right? You have your ancestor wall, you have an altar. You're like, I just want to honor the people who came before me, which does do a form of elevation. And there are many different rituals and different cultures of people doing elevation work. That's fine. But to me, there's like connection of, hey, I just want to talk to you. A lot of mediumship and things like that. And like, can you help me with something? Connection. Reverence is like honoring. Sometimes you mix the two right? And then healing to me, again, is as I defined it at the beginning, which is they are healing and I am healing for the lineage and my life. That's kind of the four things. So um, when people are like, are, I want to work with a good ancestor, I'm like, well, what do you mean by that? Because one, how someone lived in their current life or that their human life isn't necessarily how they are in energy in the, on the other side. Um, they could be in the same energy. They could have stuff you didn't even know about that they're actually very bitter about. They could be, you know, they could have been elevated and kind of did their stuff in whatever way. And they're actually in a fantastic form. They could be great for this, terrible for that. I've seen that a lot where they're like, Hey, you know, you're petitioning an ancestor for support and like, yeah, I could do that for you, but you know, I don't really, I don't shit. You know, <laughs> it's kind of like that. Or like I'm mother energy. together myself over here. <laughs> right. Or like mother energy where they're like, I'll help you, but I never want a man to, you know, it's kind of like wanting wanting you to grow up, but don't want you to cross the street by yourself. And that creates a certain energetic tether. And so I think what's most important about this particular conversation is. We're looking to be in right relationship with ancestors the same way we're in right relationship with living people, you know, our living family members. And that kind of goes back to the analogy of the bit at the beginning of the, this conversation of this is spiritual therapy. You know, I don't go into therapy with my mother or with my family members and being like, you know, it's your responsibility and you do this and you like, this is a relationship of mutual responsibility, mutual wisdom. Um, you don't give out up all your power to anyone except for God to me, like the all being, you know, and that's very taboo to some people. They're like, well, if they live before me and they've crossed over and in different traditions, you believe that you get 360 understanding of both life and living and you get access to things that you didn't have as a human, which is true. But we also have access to physicality and things that they didn't have. And time has changed. Time has sped up. We have 
more consciousness in our brains than some of our ancestors had access to. They also knew how to speak directly to stars as a way of being. And we're just now, a lot of us are just remembering that and built pyramids. And we're like, well, how'd they do that shit? You know, like, so this is a, a relationship of exchange of information. There's, I think every wise person knows how to be or is practicing when to be in their power and when to be in humility. You know, when do you stand up and lead and when do you sit at the feet of someone else? And that's the ultimate goal here. Yes, we want to release some baggage that's keeping us stuck and in the same cycles. Yes, we want to have our ancestral and lineage blessings flowing to us. That is our, our birthright of being in the lineage and being human. And ultimately, it's like I'm in relationship to spirits that are supporting me in some way, shape or form. And I get to extend the legacy that is a positive light for us and them, I think is the ultimate thing. But yes, to your point, you don't want to start working with ancestors. Like you can throw your arms up, which to be honest with you, people do that with every spirit. They do it with Archangel Michael. They do it with Jesus. They do it with everyone. They're just like, take the reins. And I'm, I'm, I'm absolved. And I'm like, no, boo. Jesus, yeah, take the wheel. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> No, it doesn't work that way. You don't get to absolve yourself of your own power, your own spirit with any spirit that you're working with, ancestors included. So I'm going to move us a little bit over to spirit moving, I mean, ancestors moving into business, if that's okay, because I know you um, do a lot of work in conscious business space. So I wanted to bring us there. So um, I'm pretty sure, Ash, I was, uh, you know, I I prepped for the the interview. So I was like listening to one of your podcasts, maybe two or three weeks ago and um, just kind of remembering the importance of ancestral work. Uh, You know, I don't, I don't live, breathe it, but it's the beginning of my work and off and obviously just being like the child of an immigrant and it's a big part of my life. Moving from Miami to here was a really big deal because my mom we were leaving and my mom was like giving us like Cuban flags and like Cuban t-shirts. Like, <laughs> like, if, like, because Miami was like this place where um, they didn't have to lose their culture. You know, none of, they didn't have to learn English. Um, you know, we eat, like I went to a, a private Catholic school where we ate like croquetas and like rice and beans for lunch. Like, you know, that's just the thing. Um, so my mom, you know, her child, her kids and her grandkids like leaving Miami felt like, I guess in a way, probably like leaving Cuba all over again. So obviously it's a big part of my life, but um, I was listening to the episode and I was having this funny thing happen in my business, which I was pretty aware of. Um, I was in this scaling place, basically. Like I've been running the show, um, holding it all together uh, with myself and with a few team members as much as I can, but being like very hands in. And, but the business is asking me to go bigger and to like let go of of it as, um, you know, to not have my hands in like every place. And, uh, what's interesting is that the, I kept having these flashbacks of my father, my father's a physician. So very similar, you know, we we're both practitioners, both healers. And, uh, at some point, like in high school or so he took on like a big practice, you know, he was like getting his big moment and bought like eight practices and was really trying to like live that American dream. And basically, you know, had a partner and like shit hit the fan. He didn't know how to run the business. He wanted to just be a doctor. He didn't run the business. And, mm-hmm. you know, they they couldn't scale. Like he couldn't go from practitioner, mm-hmm. to like the owner of all these things. And um, I saw a similar thing in my husband's business. I was running my husband's business before this. And he, at this exact moment where he was going to scale, he decided like, no, and he sold the business instead. So I've seen this twice. And 
didn't work out either ways. One of them, um, and obviously Cubans are very entrepreneurial. So just like everywhere in my, my, my lineage, um, this hasn't been like accomplished. Mm. So when I was listening to your episode, I was like, oh my gosh, like all of a sudden I was like, it's not just me. Like, this is like, this moment is so much bigger than, um, than just me. And I had to work. I had to go in and like work with the ancestors and I'm not there yet. I mean, I think it's, um, because I didn't do like a full ceremony or anything like that. I think it's going to take a little bit of time and like some meetings, you know, (laughs) with them and, um, to move into that. So in a way, this is like a, like a pattern in the family, like in the lineage, um, but it's just showing up in business. So, um, is that a thing? Yeah. <laughs> Long story short, yeah. <laughs> um, so first thing is one of the things that differentiate my practice and how I'm guiding people and eventually how I'll be teaching folks to do this because again, I can't do this work alone, <laughs> which is a theme that we're clearly into right now. And that is, um, there's a real thing of elevating the whole lineage. So when you get to the core thing, it's not just working with the person where that first, the ancestor, when that first happened, it's about the whole lineage that this is affected. You can literally elevate the whole line, which is different than one by one ancestor. Tell me how to fix this. Tell me how to shift this in my life. What's the wound? What's the situation? That's great because it gives you insight and then you're trying to embody it, but the energy is still in the whole lineage. So I just want to really point that out because people see a difference when the lineage is on board and they're like, okay, we're done with this pattern, all of us. And now you get to embody it and get to, and they're like, we're helping you because when you embody it, now the stake is really in the ground. We've let go of the energy, but we need the, the anchoring of it. So that's number one here on why we want to do the lineage work with the ancestors. Um, wait to me. And again, not getting into all of your things and all the stuff. And cause we're not doing that. <laughs> I feel like we could though. <laughs> um, and we're talking about on the very surface, the first thing that comes to mind that I know we're all dealing with is learning how to live and work in village and in community again. And so when you leave your lands and we're in survival mode and it's allowed us to be these incredibly genius, like, and I forget the word, I must say genius twice, but ingenious, ingenuity, whatever. Ingenuity, there it goes, ingenuity. (laughs) I do that sometimes. Um, But yeah, entrepreneurs and self-starters and we're like, we're going to go for it because we must. And then we move from we must to like, this is good for us. But then we're like, oh wait, it's too much, right? Like, it's great that we, I call these um, like the, the blocks and the blessings. It was such a blessing to become the successful entrepreneur, yourself, your dad, your husband, right? And there comes a point where like, wait, this, this is starting to put my, my castle is becoming a prison, right? And it's because we're operating as an individual, even if we have a little bit of help, like we haven't truly been able to trust and say all these working parts, it's for all of us. And that's something that a long, long, long time ago, we, it was natural. That's how it worked. We were not birthing babies alone. The whole village of women were in this process with you. We were all laboring it with you, like making the money, getting the cattle, doing the things we all did something in some way, shape or form. So, um, what I hear is that we're, there's a deeply ingredited and embedded, um, trauma around that of like, how can I trust? How can I let go? And I think even outside of ancestral stuff, 
humans tend to have a hard time sometimes doing two things because our energy isn't really designed to be split, to be deep in two things at the same time. I think those of us who can do that, it's a real, real gift. But the more that I get into what one of my mentors would call star power, the more I'm like, yeah, no, this is my one lane. And now everyone else can do these things. If you're following how I'm rolling, which I know you are. Um, so what do I mean by that? It is, I see a lot of healers and practitioners and you know therapists and coaches and wellness folks being like, I wanna do the work so well. They're really good at their work, but don't have the capacity to also run the business and then get disenchanted with having to run the business and leaving the practice and then ping-ponging because the expansiveness of being in community of doing the work isn't hasn't been reclaimed fully. I'll pause. How's that going for you? Yeah, I don't know. That's beautiful. I mean, I I um I can see that, like I see it like exactly for my father, but then um I I wear both hats. I've always been like equal parts business person. Um and, uh, you know, and, and practitioner, like I'm lucky to have the two, but, you know, in the same way, it's a, it's a little bit of a, of a, not a curse, but, uh, you know, just a little bit of a weight, let's say. Um, but the idea of, and I was having this conversation with my daughter yesterday, she was complaining about her cheerleading team. And I was like, well, the problem with you guys is that you're all in it for yourselves. Like there is no, t- you don't realize that you guys are a team, you're a community, like, you know, it is, um, fully. And then sometimes when we you know, and we're all like, I'm 39. So I am also like born of like the blogging era and like, you know, the influencer era and all that kind of stuff where it's all about you. And um, then you end up here and you're like, oh my gosh, it's not about me. And like, if I keep thinking it's about me, like this shit's not going to work. So um, I think we're all just coming off of that for sure. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I see it. You'll you'll soon be seeing in my brand. There's definitely a business and a brand shift that's getting ready to happen. And um, here's the thing: even if we have the ability, because to your point, I also am both spirit and business. So it's healing and business. I've tried to be like, I'm just going to do healing, no more business. And they're like, Yeah, no. Lineage wise, creativity wise, it's just not. And I've tried to be like, I'm going to be completely business. And it's like, Yeah, right. <laughs> you can just. That's really a joke, right? So I am a both. Um, as well. But just because we have the ability of both and high potency and just nourish like deep, deep, good, rich uh, energy around both doesn't mean that we hold the role for both. And that's kind of where I see the community speak pace coming in because having more impact and holding more requires everyone to hold more. Like it requires more people. It just does. There's no, it's funny how my brain will work sometimes with the spirits. They'll show it. Have you seen the movie Queen's Gambit? I've heard of it. I've never seen it. Okay, cool. So there's a part, I'll I'll tell you, there's a part where she's taking these, um, you know, these drugs in this institution, right? And they're supposed to sedate her, but really they do the opposite for her. They keep her up at night and she can see the chessboard and the different ways, everything. That's how my brain works. So I'm listening to spirit and I'm seeing all the ways that it's coming into fruition. So you're witnessing this because you're, you're here on camera with me painting the picture for y'all who are listening as I look in the camera, because I think you guys can see me. <laughs> it's a silly moment, but um, let me see if I can get it back on track. Cause it's really funny to experience it that way. I mean, I think all of us were, that's, that's what we do in our little um, intuition school. We just see like, if like we're in the, 
um, virtual reality. We just kind of like see all these things. That's totally it. See all the things and which one resonates and then bring your it down. People, Ash, where were your people? Totally. <laughs> but um, yeah, the whole point is there's many different ways of how communicate, community can come together in order to scale something and make it way more sturdy and foundational and serving, not just to your family, but to everyone around you is pretty much okay, but. Yeah, I see some interesting things when people start to work with their family around work and business. Here's the here's one that's really good. Obviously, I don't think this would be you and your folks, but this will resonate with someone who's listening. I'll have clients come to me being like, I have this thing that I feel like I'm supposed to do, whatever it might be. It's in my heart. It's not, and I knew it because this thing happened to me and it's just, this is not being served or no one's doing this in the world. They're not doing it the way I think it should be. And I'm like, cool, let's get into it. Let's look into Let's look into your business then. Let's birth this thing. Let's give it some structure. Let's give it some name. Let's let's breathe life, you know? <laughs> and so we start working with the, their higher self and the energy of this thing that wants to be birthed. We do some ancestral clearing work. We work with the ancestors, bring them in, make sure they get blessings on it. And once the healing starts to happen, we actually come out of that container and they're like, this idea isn't even it. Damn <laughs> <Get> it. <laughs> And it'll be some really important things. For example, I had a client who was like, I'm definitely supposed to create like a domestic healing, like shelter place for women who've gone through abuse and their children. And I'm like, obviously that is needed in the world, but it was an idea that was birthed off of the trauma that needed to be healed in her life and in the lineage. And once the healing was happening and the energy shift, it was like, come back to who you truly were who you truly are and the gifts you were here to do. And it was all about dance and song and like beauty in the world. I mean, I've definitely seen that. And it's like, careful what you heal because that's so good. What that thread is holding, you know, I am always go for the heal, no matter what the thread is holding, you know, go for the heal. But like, don't, don't, you know, I didn't, don't say I didn't warn you, you know, because it's a thread that um, trauma or that, family curse, whatever. It's some sort of thread that's been holding a lot of things together. Exactly. And when you pull that thread, you know, things fall apart, which I think is what we're going through as a collective right now. I have hope that that's kind of, you know, we've pulled some threads and now things are like crumbling um, in many yeah. ways, you know, and, um, but it's okay. Like that is the healing process. But yeah, yeah. That, oh, that idea, it's hard to come sure. up with business no. ideas when you're in the middle of your healing, you know, it's hard. It's, it's like, um, you know, it's like, and sometimes coming up with business ideas, at least for me, was um, the catalyst into your own healing. Like, you know, unfortunately, we need like a carrot dangling at the end of our healing process. Like we want like, for, we get into healing for some reason, like, you know, whether it's like, I want to find love, or I want to, you know, do purpose. And, and it's tricky, because that thing is going to change because you are changing. Um, but it's also the thing that got you into the healing. So it's like, we can't, we can't hate on it either, but um, I can totally see that happening. Well, I hope she's doing her dance. <laughs> I just got goosebumps about her dance thing. So I hope that that. Yeah, that's it is. Fun. Yeah. I love that though. Please put that. So be careful what you heal, what you ask to heal. That's really good. That's really, that's deeply true. Yeah. Oh, Ash, well, thank you so much for being here with me. Um, can you tell, I, I'm sure, I know that like a lot of people are just going to want to work with you. Can, so what's like the best way for us to work with you? Like what are the containers that you have? Oh, this is great. So, um, wait, there's something else before, before we get into it, there's one more thing that's lingering. I just want to feel into it for a second. Mm. Mm. 
Yeah. So the reason why healing and ancestors and personal development and business all go together is we're healing how to survive. That's Mm -hmm. what we're doing right? That's what we're really doing. And so sometimes we're starting businesses again, based off a trauma or based off an ideation of what we want to see, or our family has struggled in some way, shape or form or a relationship to money, like all these things. I just want to put that out there. If you hear the vibration of what's being said, but we're talking about healing, how humans survive and how we're provided for in our resources. And all of that is connected to ancestors and the ways we've been taught to survive and the ways we've been taught to learn and the ways we've been taught to hold money and space and occupation and class and position in the world and all these things. So it's just one. Ashley, so deep. Like I just, my whole body is like floating. I'm like, oh my gosh, same thing. My little screen of all the things started showing up for me. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Thank you for that. That So that makes so much fun. Of course. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So containers. (laughs) Well, one, I'll just say how you can come into community with me first. My website, ashleyjohns.com. Feel free to join my newsletter. Feel free to find me on Instagram at Ash Inspires. You just want to float around, follow along, become a fan, a fan, a follower or friend, whatever. (laughs) And then right now, Healing is Happening is open for enrollment. So Healing is Happening is my month-to-month membership for ancestral healing. And I really love it because it's perfect for whether you're a beginner or if you already have some idea, some ideation, some ideas about working with your ancestors and you want to deepen, you want to be in community and clearly you're drawn to my energy and how I work. So tier one is pretty dope because it's essentially a content drop once a month and you have the flexibility to get into the content, listen to the audio, do the guided situation journal, call in your folks and it's, it's hands off. You just get to have it and do your thing. And then the other one is tier two, where we meet twice a month and get to be in community. I guide and facilitate live. You have Q and a with me. We have a community space, a cohort, if you will, and you get your own private dashboard to do the work in between the sessions and message and talk to me. So you get that private support as well. So healing is happening is the space to be for ancestral healing. If you want. And if you're interested in the business stuff with healing, then just check me out on my Facebook group. That's mm-hmm. it. You can find out. That, that sounds like an amazing offering. That's just, it's, you know, a structured way to kind of, to, you know, when you know you need to do the work, but you're like doing it every once in a while, but with the membership, yeah. like, you know, you, you have somebody holding you accountable too, to, to do that ancestral work. And I love healing work because it's just what shows up on the other side is like so many of your dreams are on the other side of that kind of work. So it's scary. Yeah. And I I would say that sometimes people think, and I get it, right? Because like we've all experienced some type of something in our lives. Like we've all cried, we've all been sad, we've all been afraid, like whatever. And so because of history, we think that it's going to be really hard and heavy. And to be honest with you, every person that I work with, they're like reprieved. They're like, oh my gosh, this is such a lift. They want to heal and they want me to heal when you work with the right ancestors and we're holding the intention and the containers being held with you. It's not hard. You actually look forward to it. And I compare it to um, when we know we should meditate and then we're like, yeah, 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 I'll do it later. And then you do it and you're like, oh my God, what was I thinking? Or like when we don't go to, we skip some yoga, skip some Pilates and we're like, what was I thinking? Like the same thing here. There's so much juice and love. This is about love at the end of the day. Yeah. 
Ash, I love it. Thank you so much for taking the time to share so much with us and for being here and, and just for the work that you do in the world. Thank you to your ancestors for fucking things up enough that put you here. No, okay. <laughs> Thank you to all our ancestors who, no guys, sorry, I'm sorry. In reverence, I respect you, but I'm just saying. Um, and, you know, thank you to everybody who's listening, who's like willing to, um, to be that in their lineage and to, to step up and to have fun with this process. And we're just grateful you're here, Ash. So thank you. I am too. Thanks for having me. It was just a delight. I appreciate it. And um, (laughs) it's just delightful. I don't even have any other words. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys so much. If you love what you're hearing, would you mind leaving a review or sharing with a friend? That little review does so much. It's so damn helpful. You don't even know. So thank you for that. And if you're ready to unlock your spiritual gifts, enroll in my three-level program, Soul Academy, or join my free community, Soul Collective. I'd love to have you there. The links to join are below in this episode. Until next time, love you much.